All right, uh, good stuff coming on the text line. 757 says, how about Kurt Gibson coming out of the locker room, hurt leg and all? You know you know what's amazing about that moment, uh, James, and I'm not dogging Kurt Gibson or the moment, but you know that was game one, right? Yeah, That I was did. game one. So, I remember that vividly. So it takes four w- to win a series, right? But that one moment, man, I mean, it almost like it killed the will just because of that home run, right? And it so, definitely did. It's wild to think that. Eckersley gives up that bomb, and then like after that was, you know, was done because Kirk Gibson homers in game one. And it's like these vaunted A's, those A's teams with Tony La Russa, some of the most overrated teams ever. I mean, honestly, well, yeah. for the amount of, now look, they're not overrated like Billy Bean A's teams. <laughs> Let's make a movie about a team that makes the playoffs that goes nowhere every year. Okay, great. Uh-huh. We'll call it Moneyball. Enjoy. And then you can make Moneyball part two and show me the Rays. Same deal. Yeah, Whatever. thanks for nothing. No, thank you. Anyway. All right, I'll get off the soapbox. 757-687-9494. But a good one, though. Gibby, that was great. Like, hey, what a baller, right? Like, he's stumbled around the around the uh, bases and, you know, limping. And as he, and he limp got worse as he continued to run. It was almost like he was, you know, doing a Kurt Schilling before there was a Kurt Schilling, if you know what I'm saying. Um, all right, Robin, the 757, says, I'm running uh, tomorrow is 16 miles tomorrow morning, if you want to join me. Wow, that is crazy. He goes, he has not broken uh, three yet. Uh, oh, he, he goes, uh, no, no. His, oh, this is the guy that was telling us about the, the half mile results or the half marathon results earlier. Okay. He says, it is real. 18 months of training, 638 pace. He's running 16 miles in the morning. No, thank you. I'll drive next to you. You want me to drive like a, I could like drive my car next to you and like scream at you every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, I could yeah. join you, but that'd be the last thing yeah. I'd ever do. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's awesome. But I'm like the fact that he was drunk for multiple days after doing it. So, I mean, that part of it. I'll join you for the post party, um, but no, no. It's quite the celebration. Yeah, the post party, but yeah, that's that's baller, man. No, I just, you know, again, mathematically, you know, I'm challenged and I could not think about that. So, no, good for you. Uh, 865 says, the Ravens mile high miracle. I had to take my best friend to the emergency room during the game. Could only follow the game cast. Oh, my God, because this is prior to, like, the uh, streaming thing. Yeah. Was able to get in the hospital room to see the Tucker kick. Oh, my goodness. So that was the Flacco game, too, where Flacco was awesome. Mm-hmm. That stinks, though, because that's prior to – was that no, Was that Tucker? Was Tucker that old? He's no. been there a while. You should, maybe oh. it might have been. Uh, that's not, Stover was in the first Super Bowl, right? Yeah, that was Stover. Yeah, because that was Stover scored every week uh, as well. But I, I, I didn't realize Tucker was that – been in the league that long. I guess so. That is interesting. That is interesting. All right. Um, all right. Now I'm going through. People are sending me pictures of stuff. I'm trying to get through these other texts here. Uh, let's see. 757 uh, has a picture of the Kirk Gibson one. That's good. So more Kirk Gibson votes. And um, let's see. From the 757, I got to meet Chipper Jones the year he won the National League MVP in 1999. Got an autographed bat with a certificate of authenticity. I still have the bat. Nice. Do not sell that on eBay or anything. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, nicely done. So was that Tucker? It was Tucker. He's been wow. in the league since 2012. That's crazy. Yeah. Tucker doesn't feel that old, does he? Well, he doesn't look that old either. That's yeah, part but of he's it. a kicker. Yeah. And he was going to fight uh, Jason Kel- or uh, Travis Kelsey, which is really <clears throat> terrible. I'm getting more a 303 also with uh, Kirk Gibson. This is a Kirk Gibson show, man. That's good. A lot of Kirk. Kirk. I love it. Not Kirk Cousins, Kirk Gibson. Kirk Cousin or Kirk Gibson, by the way, is the first K-I-R-K guy, right? Kirk. Yeah, notice how nobody's texted in the Kirk Cousins you like that game. Or how about the you like that game? 
Um, somebody says, I hate it, but I distinctly remember watching LeBron James witness ESPN airtime when he announced he left Cleveland. Yes. I saw that from Atlantic City, and I was surrounded by New York Knicks fans. And it was one of the funniest oh, damn things I'd ever seen in my that's life. That's right, because that was yeah. one of the possibilities. Oh, my God. Oh, they boy. were there, and they were expecting a coronation of the king. And remember, he did the um, show from Connecticut, right? Like, it was a boys club in Connecticut, which was kind of a It was weird, something, yeah, it was something Something weird. that just didn't make sense. And so that's when I knew he wasn't going back to the Cavs. I mean, I knew they were gone at that point, but that was wild. Um, all right, from the 757, the 2021 Braves Championship, uh, being an Atlanta sports fan, we don't get to celebrate often. <laughs> Good job. That's funny. Oh, man. Boy, the last couple of years, too, right? Oh, this is a good one. I, I mean, I can't believe I didn't come up with this being the biggest Romo hater in the world, but somebody 757 having a Romo dropping the extra point. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, that was a great one. Now, that's a really good one. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And we'll get the 25 Cowboy fans. Goes, you know how many, how many fourth quarter comebacks he had? Um, let's see. Lottery ball I, I, idea guy's back. Remember we named this guy? Oh, that's guy? right. I forgot about him. Um, doing that for us to, for the in-season tournament. He says, Tom Watson, yes, chipping in at Pebble Beach to uh, take the lead of the U.S. Open and eventually win. That's a good one. He was like kind of running after he did the chip. That's a good one. See, and I, you know, again, not the biggest current golf watcher anymore, but I do remember that. Uh, John in Hampton says, I'm at the Admirals game. Uh, okay, this is something else. Oh, he's going to, oh, he's going to find us. John is at the Admirals game right now. He's going to find us his band's uh, video. Oh, nice. Good. Uh, love Good. it. Yes, please do. Got to have that. Thank you. We need to have that in our lives. So please send that to us. Uh, 757 says AFC championship game in 2010. Uh, when Doug F. and Brian's wide right on the 35 yard <laughs> line at Pittsburgh jets have been horrible ever since. Wow. Is that when we can link it? If that's when you're tracking it back. Dude, that might be, he might be right. He sounds that's like a Jets crazy. fan. He's a real Jets fan. He would know when the, the suckage started more than any of us, right? All right, boy, oh boy, we got so many texts. And through. then when they looked like they were going to be good again, then you had the Mark Sanchez butt fumble, and that kind of sent it back down spir- another spiral. Andrew Galata quitting against Mike Tyson. That's a that's an interesting mm-hmm. one to remember, but yeah. All right, all right. 757 uh, says, sitting at the bar in an after-hours club on General Booth at 4 a.m., Sipping cognac, watching Kobe put Team USA on his back to win the gold from Blatical. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. All right. Nice. Um, yeah. So they just had this. Have you seen the Redeem team on Netflix? There's a good oh, documentary. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. It's kind of haunting because it's a lot of Kobe in it. Like, it, And it was only put out like two years ago. I yeah. want to put it. It was like, might have been post-Kobe's death. Um, all right. Not sure if you guys were here in the late 90s, but there is this kid named Ronald Curry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. know. We're um, aware. And um, he was the quarterback uh, DB. Uh, it's actually not the late 90s, by the way. It was, um, it, well, it was mid. Yeah, it was, it was later 90s. I'm sorry. It was mid 90s ish, right? Like 95, yeah. 94, 95. Because well, yeah. I was still here. And yes, we used to do the Hampton Crabber games when they were um, in the championship every year, Darling Stadium. We called him on 1310. Mercurio called him. I did sidelines and, and interviewed Curry after one of their many state championship wins. It felt like they won every year. Anyway, he said, um, not sure if you guys were here then. Yeah, and it was like mid-ish 90s. Yeah, anyway, they beat the Denby Pirates 77-3 my junior year. He was a man among boys. Yeah, he, he, re, he was a quarterback. I tell people this all the time. DB, punt returner, kick returner, and, and could do anything. It was amazing. Um, by the way, he says Newport News Marathons this weekend if you guys are bored. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be that bored. No, nothing against marathons. Now, listen, no. the Shamrock thing at the oceanfront in a few weeks, because it's St. Patrick's Day weekend, 
I might have a Guinness, you know, yelling encouragement to people or, or 12, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be running in it by any means. Um, somebody said, um, I've got uh, two John Riggins, fourth and inches, Super Bowl 17. Yep. Then PD Sessoms with the daggers against yep. Bill and triple overtime yep. in 95. That's Greg and the Ville. Mm-hmm. Very good ones. Yes. And don't forget, Mike Jones was in that game as well. Mario Mullins. I mean, uh, you know, Harvey was good. I mean, there was a lot of guys. For, it was a good team. It was a very good team. Jeff Capel. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, Stanford Cal. Yeah, that was another Kirk Gibson. So Stanford Cal, the band, the band. That is the best. I mean, that's just the funniest. One of the funniest sports moments. In addition, the to band is on the field. The band is on the field. Um, Weldon from Gloucester uh, went to the Undertaker lost in WrestleMania to Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Some nights you show up and the script is just set up for you to be a winner, right? Like See, it, I, I will say this, that Brock Lesnar fans are almost as bad as Tony Romo fans. Oh, that's great. Just uh, from a wrestling perspective. Another Auburn, Alabama kick six. I like it. Um, seven, five, seven with another picture. This guy just sends pictures. I like this. Magic Johnson in 91, the HIV now. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. in college. I remember that. Gra- I mean, remember that vividly. That was crazy. I mean, and again, to think that, you know, you thought at that point, like, okay, you'll, you know, he's going to die, right? Like, oh, yeah. Here he is today. He's at healthy. that point, absolutely. Yeah. And think about, too, that All-Star game when he came, when he was back for that All-Star yes. game. And th- that was in it. That's a big memory as well because you're like, how, you know, how's this going to work? How's absolutely. this going to happen? 757 says Antonio Brown, Tampa Bay Strip in New York. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, Breeze says Bill Murray off the bench for the Toon Squad <laughs> in Space Jam. <laughs> Good one. Um, did you ever see the second Space Jam or the remake or whatever to call it with um, what's his name, LeBron James? Uh, no, me neither. Me neither. I never saw it. I'm I never, sure my kid will make me watch it. At some I never point. understood why they did that. Um, that is so good. <laughs> By the way, uh, Rob in the seven five seven said, "Yeah, his friends party like rock stars after that race. <laughs> they get unlimited beer. I would hope so, right? Like you'd have I mean, to after that. Yeah." Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you see me there, post-party, man. Like I said, quite the incentive. Yeah, that's that's fun. I don't know, man. The running part of it, I don't see how you do it. Uh, 757 uh, from... <laughs> that's a good one. All right, uh, where else are we going here? Uh, I got a thumbs up on something. I think I've hit them all. Have I got through all of them? Or I think it... you got pretty much all of them. I did, yes. Good, okay. All right, there we go. All right, got them through. All right, very good. Appreciate all those that came through. All right, coming up, we'll do this. We will... Um, Talk a little bit more about our poll question from earlier today on Justin Fields. We'll also hear about Justin Fields from my friend Brad Biggs, who covers the Chicago Tribune uh, at uh, 635. Scott Jackson, show priority on sports radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in accident. Call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. All right, welcome back. Uh, Scott Jackson, show priority on sports radio 94.1. Uh, we are brought to you by uh, Larry King Law. Injured an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. Anyway, going through um, some of these uh, texts were good. Uh, good memories. Somebody also brought up, Chris Childs put up a, given Kobe Bryant the two-piece with a biscuit. <laughs> How about a Chris Childs All reference? Right. How about that? Things you did not sign up for today on the show. All right. Uh, we'll hear from Brad Biggs at 635. re that from earlier today uh, in regards to what the Bears may be doing or thinking um, as they've been the talk of the town right now because of 
you know, owning the draft board, number one, or number two, oh yeah, Justin Fields, what are you going to do with him? All right, speaking of uh, quarterbacks, there's a Russell Wilson question on our poll question today, which is uh, most likely landing spot. If you, if you buy into the betting favorites world, and I'm not about to endorse that, uh, Steelers are the top you know, odds team followed by the Raiders and then the Falcons. So that's what we put up on the board for you to vote on. Uh, 44% of you are buying into the Steelers betting odds stuff. 24% like the Raiders for Russell Wilson, while 18% are uh, in on the Falcons. And then we got the uh, 14% of the others. I got Canada being voted for. I've got his couch. <laughs> I've got, I've got a lot of different things uh, being voted for, um, for, for Russell Wilson, none of which are very positive, I might add. So, Anyway, that's uh, up there. You can do it on the X at Jackson Sports uh, or at ESPN Radio 941. Hey, Rich in Norfolk says, how about Daryl Green chasing down Tony Dorsett? That's a good one. Scoring his rookie year. Yes, that was uh, a Monday night football game. That's a really good one. Daryl Green also ran down Ron Brown. Remember Ron Brown, who was an Olympic sprinter for the uh, Los Angeles Rams? He had a lot of those. I mean, it was Daryl Green. Was literally a world, you know, say they have world class speed. People throw that phrase around. Some world class, you know, he literally had world class. That speed. he did. He literally did, and still at this age, you know, runs very fast. I think he did a forty. Remember his fortieth birthday? They timed him out there at the park, and he was still running like four sub two, sub four two or something stupid it's like ridiculous. that. Ridiculous. Yeah. Richard Norfolk also says Raiders for Russell Wilson or Seattle. <laughs> now I just saw Geno Smith, by the way. Signed a uh, also restructured his contract that as he well. did. Yep. So that was interesting because I didn't think his number was that bad. Was it like fourteen million or something like that? It's not bad this year. It's next year where it gets to be in the thirties. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that is that is interesting. So Richie was just telling me during the break. Remember, people have been talking about the ODU ninety-five game against Villanova. You know, the triple overtime win. Right. So he he's like, you'll never guess who was doing the game. And I gave. I tried a couple times. I was wrong. It was Doc Emmerich was the play-by-play guy. The great really? hockey announcer, Doc Emmerich, uh, who's one of my favorite guys. I mean, wow. he, just, he, he, could, he could read the phone book, right? He'd be great at yeah. it. So Doc Emmerich, who was the number one guy in MDC forever until he retired a few years ago in hockey, and he was doing the, uh, the ODU game with George Raveling, uh, the former coach, who, of course, mostly known for USC as well. But, yeah, him and Raveling did the game. And again, little did they know they were going to get a triple overtime. I do remember that year. Mike Jones uh, told me this story a few years ago, and I'd forgotten about it, that like they really believed they were going to win the game. Like they totally, the team was totally convinced they were going to win the game going up there because Jeff Capel was on TV on some ESPN show or CBS. I don't know who was doing the show. It might have been a CBS like tournament show. And he was on there, and they're like, everybody's like going around the room, who do you got in your final four? You know, kind of like, you know, whatever. And, he's, and he said whatever, and he said it, Old Dominion. Everybody's like, <laughs> they're kind of snickering him because he wasn't like, didn't smile or, yeah. you know, like he was like dead serious. And then like, he, like Mike Jones said, the team saw that and they were like, that's our coach. Like he, he believes in us. Like, and uh-huh. that just fed, like that fed off of him. And again, what a game. I mean, just to keep making shot after shot, it was, it was wild. But anyway, yeah. So that to Doc Emmerich, that's so cool. So you can go on the YouTube's, and apparently there's a better version of the one that I last remember seeing, which is horrendous. There's a condensed version of it too. Yeah, man. yeah. That's that's always <laughs> you need it because it was you th- need it for that <laughs> triple overtime, yeah. baby. All right, seven five seven. Unforgettable sports moments on the text line right now said, um, being a Bengals fan, Joe Burrow beating, oh no, the Joe Burrow guy's back. Oh no, <laughs> yes, beating Pat Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. Yes. Definitely not the Super Bowl with Joe Burrow and the, losing the Rams, but yes, yeah. as a Bengals fan, you got to remember that one. Or up until the point when that stinking Joe Montana takes it down the field on you, 
in that other in the uh, Super Bowl, or the other Super Bowl when stinking Joe Montana broke your heart too. <laughs> That's good. Now look, Joe Joe Cool, man, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Joe Cool this year. I just hope he can. I just hope he's back. Hope he's a hundred percent. Hope he can stay a hundred percent. Well, it's close to hundred yep. percent as you can get, but exactly, nobody's a hundred percent. Nobody is a hundred percent. Just be healthy for the whole season. Yeah, exactly. Um, Breeze says Shane Falco's come back against Dallas. Legendary, best Washington quarterback ever. Hashtag replacements. The Breeze is just he's Breeze. You think Breeze is a comedian? I'm kind of thinking Breeze might be a comedian. He's cut from a different cloth, I think. Definitely. Um, <laughs> The same person who gave me the Tony Romo drop extra point in the Antonio Brown strip show against the Jets is giving me Trent Williams punching Richard Sherman. That was a good one. Yeah, it was. That was the highlight of the game, sadly, uh, for the for the Redskins, as you remember, uh, because they got beat by the Seahawks. They got to remember they're up fourteen zip. Mm-hmm. I think our guy Logan Paulson caught a touchdown. He did catch a touchdown pass in that game from RG three, and they're rolling early, up fourteen nothing. But man, Robert slipped on that sandbox. And uh, that was the whole weird thing. Shanahan thought that that um, James Andrews gave him the 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 high sign, as Shanahan called it, meaning that Robert was good to go back in the game when, in fact, he was – I don't know what the hell he was doing. He was just waving to somebody in the stands. And anyway, there was that whole weird yeah. – like, was he giving me the high sign? Was he saying he was okay? And then Andrews like, no, I didn't do – I didn't give him the high sign. I'm like, what the hell is the high sign? <laughs> uh, it was so weird took it too literally yes High literally let's think about james andrews too like he's made a ton of money right and he was like the team doctor for all these teams and at some point like you got to figure like he's the you know renowned orthopedist and all this stuff like you know like as you get older your hands are a little less steady i would think so yeah like at what point it's like you know they, they say to dr james hey you know i love you pal but maybe maybe we need one of these younger doctors to do the cutting here for us i mean i got to think he's at that point now it's kind of like my question about when does dr J Michael Jordan, these guys realize they can't dunk anymore. Like, at what point does Dr. James Andrews realize he really shouldn't be the one, like, sewing up the ligaments and all that stuff? That's why you move into that consulting role. You right, know, right, right, right. I mean, observatory. I don't, and, but yet he's like the team doctor. I mean, like, he does all the ACL checks and all that stuff, you know, on the sideline. I get it. But I mean, he's like 81 now. I mean, I, I don't know if he should really be the guy. I mean, cutting. do the checks, fine, but, like, yeah. you know. He shouldn't be doing the cutting anymore. Let's not do the repairs. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a doctor's going to rip me for saying that, but I, I just, the way I feel a little nervous about that. If I was, you know, I don't know, my professional career was on the line and he was doing it. Um, yeah. Richard Norfolk says Shane Falco was awesome. I mean, he's probably the most consistent Washington quarterback uh, in quite some time. I'm actually kind of stunned that Keanu Reeves has never gotten a start for the Washington franchise. Well, it's still early. You never know. Um, all right. So those are good. 757-687-9494. going to keep the uh, most memorable sports moments uh, coming through. Uh, feel free to do so. I was going to go. I was sure Sonny, somebody was going to go through with the Sonny Weaver draft for Cleveland uh, the year <laughs> he traded back and forth and you know still oh, got his guy. No. Um, 757 says, born in 93. Haven't seen a Bengals win a playoff game my whole life until 2022. Yikes. Yeah, that's a flex right there. Born in '93, by the way. Yeah, that yeah, is, young that man. Is kind of All right, youngin. All right, youngin. All right, I see what you did there. That's a good flex. I got you. No, I could understand that. They were so close too. They were. I'll be interested to see what they do um, with T. Higgins because I mean I, I can totally talk myself into why you would keep him, but man, I mean at some point, like how do you fit all that? Right? Like how do you? 
how do you kind of validate paying for all that stuff? Uh, injury concerns there too, quite frankly. Yeah, oh, man. Again, I'm and I'm anti, not anti receiver, but just anti overpaying receivers. Um, well, if you draft well, true. If you draft well, you can you can replace guys like T. Higgins. He's not their number one. That's true. Um, oh, by the way, couple real quick before we get to your update, and and then Brad Biggs on the other side on the Bears situation. Um, I knew this would happen, and it was the same guy last year who 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 clapped back at reports in Philadelphia, and he's doing it again this year. AJ Brown today called in to WIP to give a piece of his mind about all these reports about locker room discord in Philadelphia, and uh, AJ Brown called into an afternoon show today in Philadelphia and said um, to them that the Eagles gave you the answers about what went wrong down the stretch, but these are rumors that you guys are making up and everybody runs with it because they didn't like the team's answers. The locker room's fine. Players uh, wasn't executing. That's his words, not mine. Uh, That's what it came down to. I think the media ran with the coaches, blamed the coaches. I never blamed the coaches. I'm not the person to blame the coaches. It was players not executing. So that was what he said. He also says total BS that he and Jalen Hurts have a frayed relationship. Said he wants to be here. It's simple as that. So he's not asking for a trade either, which was uh, rumored for a while as well. And uh, when asked if he's happy with the Eagles, he said any perception he's frustrated with the team is incorrect. He says his emotional sideline interactions are part of holding players accountable and pushing everybody in the locker room. So there you go. So AJ Brown says it's good. Okay. Do we need an emotional support, you know, bodyguard for him in addition to Nick Sirianni? Quite possible. Possible. Somebody in the seven five seven says another memorable sports moment. Oh God, Albert Haynes were signing with Washington. No, how about Albert Haynes with a Monday Night Football flailing around Uh, like a dead fish on a beach? Yeah, Haynesworth against the Eagles, right? That was against the Eagles, right? That was awful. That was the worst. He was such a punk. I mean, he's the worst. That is a good way to put he was it. Such a I just wouldn't say just it too loudly. He didn't hear you. care. No, he's crazy. He'd kick your ass. <laughs> he beat up. He stepped on that dude's face. Remember years ago? I do remember, remember that, that. Yeah. Oh, he was nuts, man. Favorite sports moment: met David Robinson with his girlfriend and the father back in the '80s at the Coliseum when he played for the Navy in the Commerce Tournament. Could you help me with the conference Navy was in when he? Oh, he's at the CAA. Yeah, it was Colonial, in the possible year. Would like to uh, look up that tournament info. Yeah, that was um, CAA, David Robinson. Yeah, I'd have to Google that. I don't know, the 80s, late 80s. Yeah, he was CAA, but it was prior to um, it was prior to ODU CAA at that moment. But yeah, he, he was at Navy. Remember, he went to Navy. He was like 6'4". He was not tall. So it would have been like 83 to, 83 to 87, middle 80s. There you go. There you go, 83 to 87, and I believe it was the Colonial. So yeah, I have... There you go. All right, uh, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four uh, ninety four. Let's get to uh, a little bit on the bear stuff with Brad Big, Chicago Tribune on the other side. Uh, you won't want to miss what we miss because we're finding out what Bill Belichick is going to be doing this offseason, according to his son. Scott Jackson, show priority on Sports Radio ninety four point one. Brought to you by Larry King Law, James Witham, Scott your Sports Center. Scott Jackson Show here, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Pleasure to go to the Ballyhoo's guest line right now. Bring in my old friend Brad Biggs. He is the Chicago Bears beat reporter for the Chicago Tribune. And, you know, they say there is kind of an off period in the NFL. I don't know, Brad, especially not for you, man. Every day there is a Justin Fields story. Sorry, sorry for you. Yeah, there's a Justin Fields story. There's a Caleb Williams story. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, for the Bears, they're in a they're in a really 
almost unique position, Scott, with the first pick in the draft, and then they turn around. They've got the ninth overall pick. They've got a boatload of uh, salary cap space, not quite as much as the commanders, but they've got uh, more space than would be needed to do just about anything they want to accomplish uh, in free agency. So it's it's an exciting time uh, for the Bears. And, and you're right, my friend, there is, there is really no uh, down period in the NFL as we head into uh, our second weekend without uh, football since uh, early August. Yeah, no doubt. Obviously, combine next week. A lot of eyes on the Bears, needless to say. What what are they going to do with the number one overall pick? First, of course, the Justin Fields decision. Uh, to me, it doesn't seem like much of a decision. I think they'll probably trade him. What what are you believing is going to happen there? And uh, who, are, who are the suitors if they do move him? Well, if they do move him, I don't think there would be a shortage of, of teams that would potentially be interested. If they do move the pick, that is. Uh, if they yeah. move the player... I don't. I don't know. That's where it's interesting to me. And, and from a Bears point of view, you are attempting to uh, create a marketplace for them. You want uh, at least two teams involved, so you can do some negotiating, negotiating, or create the illusion, Scott, that there are multiple teams involved. Have one team on the phone and have them believing that if they don't move up. Um, what they're willing to offer that you've got something in hand from another team that you're willing uh, to do. I I believe the bears will take a quarterback at one. I I doubt anything's uh, etched in stone at this point, but I think they take uh, a quarterback at one to replace fields. I think they look for a, a team to move Justin to, and then they would have a world of options at nine Uh, where they'd have an opportunity to get an impact player. All right, so give me the good and the bad, and if there is ugly, and I think there is, but I'll let you decide that for me, on the Justin Fields uh, play at quarterback over these last few years in Chicago. Well, I mean, the good is he's got a lot of experience. He's got 38 starts under his belt. Uh, He is dynamic with the football in his hands as a runner. He can create... uh, off-schedule plays. He can make off-platform throws. Uh, So that's the positive. The bad is that I think when when things are off-schedule, too often he's looking to run instead of throw first. Like when you watch um, a Patrick Mahomes play, like he's escaping the pocket and doing things looking to make a play downfield first and and then he'll he'll run if he has to and we saw him do that throughout uh the playoffs but he's on the move looking for something to create uh downfield and and that's really uh what you want uh fumbles have been an issue uh for fields at times and and then the ugly would be kind of fourth quarter passing numbers like when when they're trailing and they have to throw to catch up, his numbers are are pretty bad. Uh, The Bears haven't had uh, elite talent around him. Certainly they did not the first two seasons that Fields was the starter this past year. uh, They were better. They had help for him. They had D.J. Moore, Cole Komet. They had multiple running backs that could get the job done, and they got a little bit better on the offensive line. They still need to improve there. 
Uh, but you, if you're buying Justin Fields, you're you're doing so with the hope that hey, if we can get some better players around him, we can see him elevate his play. We're uh, talking to Brad Biggs from the Chicago Tribune here. Scott Jackson, show priority on Sports Radio 94.1. Were you surprised they kept the staff intact, at least the head coach intact? Obviously, he's a new offensive coordinator and some of the new offensive staff. But were you surprised that uh, Matt Eberflus made it through uh, the offseason? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I thought it could have gone either way because if you're going to take a quarterback at one, there's a chance you had to brace yourself for, okay, they're going to want to bring in an offensive-minded head coach, okay? They're going to want to start over with this pick at one, this quarterback, and and have an entirely new system uh, in place. But the Bears uh, got better on defense as the season went along. Matt Eberflus was the play caller on defense for really all but the season opener. Um, And and you saw real growth and improvement uh, by that side of the ball. So I think there was a belief that he could keep uh, he kept the roster competing, uh, playing hard. They stayed in games even if they didn't win as many as they maybe should have uh, down the stretch. They, they had a couple, you know, come from ahead losses that were pretty ugly uh, during the season. But uh, the the feeling was that that he, you know, kind of got along well. Uh, with the players, and, and so he stays in place. Uh, they go out, they hire a new defensive coordinator. Iberflus will retain the play calling responsibilities, and they got a, a new offensive coordinator in Shane Waldron. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, you know, with all the different things that are being said, you know, it looks like, uh, you know, for most people, Caleb Williams is the number one guy. Uh, there were some, you know, discussions, I guess, after the GQ article really is where this started when his dad made the comments about, you know, certain places and preferred destinations and I guess how unfair the system is that maybe that would mean Caleb Williams wouldn't want to be with the Chicago Bears yet. He hasn't said anything about that, right? Like there's no, there, there's nothing on the record from him or anything back channeled yet that we've heard about. Is there any fear in Chicago that that, that may be the case? And I mean, I guess there's the other part of this. They may like Jaden Daniels better. I guess they could like Drake may better, right? I mean, cause they're not through the process, at least not publicly. No, or, or JJ McCarthy. I think, you know, they're going to, they're going to get face to face with Caleb Williams for the first time next week at the combine in Indianapolis. Like, you know, Caleb Williams didn't participate in any of the postseason All-Star games, so there hasn't been an interview that has taken place in Mobile at the Senior Bowl or at the East-West Shrine game. So uh, next week that process begins, and it'll just be the first of what I would expect to be multiple uh, meetings with Caleb Williams, multiple meetings with Jaden Daniels and Drake May and J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix. Like, you don't want to leave any questions unanswered in this process. Uh, It all begins with me for Caleb Williams, right? He's been the presumptive number one pick since the end of last year. But you're right. None of the kind of innuendo or rumors surrounding Caleb Williams can be traced back to anything that's come out of his mouth, anything that he's said publicly. I think the Bears are in an interesting position because, generally speaking, when a team holds the number one pick in the draft, it was earned by – some uh, consistent, atrocious play, right? <laughs> right, right. It's a horrible football team that goes and, and has two or three wins and all of a sudden sees itself atop the draft. Well, the Bears weren't great this past season by any stretch of the imagination, but they weren't the Carolina Panthers. 
They do own the Panthers pick at number one. So you look at what he'd be walking into, DJ Moore at wide receiver, Cole Komet at tight end. They can figure it out in the backfield. They've got a couple young offensive linemen uh, that are solid and, and hopefully uh, arrow up, improving. They, the defense played well last season and played much better after they acquired Montez Sweat uh, from the Commanders. Like I mentioned earlier, they own the ninth pick in the draft. They could go out and get another stud-wide receiver uh, to pair up with D.J. Moore. They could go out and draft an offensive tackle. They could get something else to elevate that roster around the quarterback, and all of a sudden you, you take a look at the depth chart and you say, hey, Caleb Williams or name any one of those other quarterbacks is going to be potentially walking into a situation that's a lot better roster-wise than I think most of the quarterbacks drafted one overall probably found themselves in over the last 10 or 20 years, right? Yeah. No doubt. It's an interesting uh, an interesting draft. And again, it just seems like it makes too much sense to not start over with a rookie, right? In, in, the, in the case of the Bears, yeah, when, you, when, you know, when you don't have a guy that's really shown you consistently that he is, in fact, the guy. It would be a huge risk because you really have this one more year and then you got to pay him, right? Yeah, and, they, and they, they were in this spot last year where they had the number one pick. They, as everybody knows, they traded out. Uh, so they didn't draft Bryce Young, probably a good move. They didn't draft C.J. Stroud. He'd probably look pretty good in a Bears uniform right now. Uh, I, it, with their passing offense in a passing league, the way it's been the last three years under Fields, the way it was previously under Trubisky, Jay Cutler, I mean, you just go through the list of starting quarterbacks they've had. I, I don't think they can pass on this opportunity. I don't think it's a difficult decision. And there's still some Bears fans that believe that Fields has been dealt uh, a, a raw deal, that he does have that talent and ability as you get the roster better around him. And that might be the case. He he might go elsewhere and become a better and more consistent quarterback. But I just don't think a regime that inherited him, Ryan Poles, the current GM, wasn't here when they drafted him, can really um, take that leap of faith with him. So, so I to me, it's pretty cut and dry what they will wind up doing. Who they end up selecting, that's to be determined. But this is a good quarterback draft, and um, I, I think the Bears are in an advantageous position. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's going to be a busy offseason for you, and of course, uh, the Combine coming up next week and all the fun with that, and I'm sure a lot of these rumors will really heat up and perhaps even a direction will come out of this uh, next few weeks. Is, is that your anticipation that we'll have a good idea of what the Bears intend to do here pretty soon? I, I, yeah, I mean, I would, I would think things will begin to materialize um, probably – by the time we get to April, maybe sooner, I, I don't know that you can put a timeline on it. Like, when's the best time for the Bears to make a move? That, that's when they feel like they've got, uh, uh, number one, they, they feel like they know the direction they're going to go or they're comfortable sure. with the options. They still need to vet a little bit more thoroughly. Uh, and then they have the best offer that they believe they could possibly get in hand for fields. That could be um, Monday morning. Scott, yeah. that could be April first. Hmm. That could be the morning of day two of the draft. I, I don't I don't have my crystal balls in the repair shop right now, <laughs> um, so, so so I can't get a, 
a better read on it than that. But they'll have to be uh, willing to work within the parameters of uh, timing that, that maybe an, an interested party would have. Like maybe an interested party is like, hey, we got to know um, before free agency starts. Yeah, like, right. Good you, point. You know, so you, you need to be able to work with uh, a partner that's expressing uh, interest in the process. Absolutely. All right, Brad Biggs, at Brad Biggs on the X. You can give him a follow there, Chicago Tribune, all the Bears, all the Justin Fields. He's your Justin Fields uh, reporter uh, this offseason as well. Uh, awesome, dude. Thank you as always, and uh, enjoy Indianapolis and all the fun that has to offer. Have a great weekend, Scott. All right, you too. Brad Biggs with us here on the Ballyhoo's Guest Line, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we are brought to you by uh, Larry King Law. All right, little uh, tight on time here, but uh, Steve Belichick, uh, the son of Bill Belichick, recently in an interview was asked what his father may be doing uh, now that he's not coaching this year. Uh, Steve said, I think he's good. Uh, he lets stole stuff roll off as his back and move forward. He doesn't dwell unless we lost a game and he needed to get on some guys. Eventually, you need to turn the page. Honestly, I wasn't too involved in any of that stuff. He did his thing. I did my thing, and that was kind of that. He's definitely pursuing other stuff, whether it's TV or hopefully on a hopefully a regular on the green light or whatever it may be. What? I don't understand that reference at all. Uh, his hobbies would still be like, let's say, critique football. So, you know, <laughs> he wasn't excited when I came out here because he was excited when I came out here because he's in Washington now because he got to evaluate some scheme last year, evaluate the players last year. I'm sure he'll come out here and point some stuff out. The guy just loves football. So there's definitely that element. All right. Talking about Bill Belichick. So he's just going to like, you know, critique some football. <laughs> I don't know what the green light thing is. I'm missing something there. Anyway. All right. That's why it's what we missed, because I missed it. All right, listen. Thanks to Brad Biggs from Chicago Tribune, David Siegel, uh, David Teal from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Everybody have a great and safe weekend. Thanks to you, as always, James. A lot of fun. We'll be back with you here at at 3 o'clock on Monday. We're represented by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. Again, have a great weekend. Scott Jackson saying so long until we're back together Monday here. Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1.